Shifting. Voices. Ah, Shifting. 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 Almost no chance to have an occasion to speak in English. Shifting. It's Canada, but it's not like Canada. Shifting. So every day, little by little, I increase my French. Shifting. If I speak French, Uh, they look happy. Welcome back to the Shifting Voices podcast, a podcast that takes a closer look at the relationship between second language learning and identity, attempting to discover different ways people have tackled discovering themselves while sifting through various complexities of their second language. Today's special guest is Sae Mino. Sae and I met in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada in 2007. We were neighbors and shared a language exchange every Tuesday night while enjoying home-cooked meals together. Sai actually was my first Japanese tutor, helping to make signage in Japanese for all the essential items in my apartment and patiently introducing me to the basics of the writing system. Sai has also lived in Vancouver, Canada, and now resides in Montreal, Quebec, where she works in the dental industry. Today, I am very excited to learn more about Sai's language learning story, including how she bounces between French and English living in Montreal. So welcome to Shifting Voices, Sai. Joining us all the way from Canada, how are things in Montreal? How are you doing? Yeah, hi, hi. It's been a long time. I'm good in Montreal. And you? I'm doing very well. It's really good to see you after a long time. I know we usually could meet up in Japan, but the pandemic obviously yeah. has stopped that. So, Sai, how long how long have you lived in Montreal now? Um, actually, I moved here 2014. 2000, so, okay. Mm. I think seven years. Seven years, and then before, yeah. so seven years in Montreal, and how long in Canada now in total? Um, in total, I think uh, first I moved to Canada for a long stay. It's uh, 2003 for study English. So there's some interval between between now. Uh, so, but uh, if I count from 2003, it's almost 18 years. Oh wow, 18 years. So but, two, mm. but not always staying in Canada. Sometimes I back to Japan and sometimes yeah. Okay. So. so 2003 was your first first experience in Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So and then so we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I want to let everyone know where where are you from in Japan? Uh, I'm from uh, Japan, the Kochi. Mm. It's uh, in Shikoku. Shikoku. And so Shikoku is an island, a smaller island, right? Or a, a less populated island, I should say. So it's not a very heavily yeah, populated place. Yeah, so, it's mm. located below Honshu. Ah, Honshu, the main island, right? Right below Honshu, which is the island Tokyo, yeah. and then below is Shikoku. Okay. Yes. And then, so you're, you grew up in Kochi City. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Kochi. Okay. And... 80 years old oh so you did you you left kochi when you were 18 
Yes, after okay. I graduated high school, I moved to Kyoto. Oh, to Kyoto. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, I forgot about that part of your story. You were in Kyoto for a while, too. So you, you're yeah. at university in Kyoto? Yes. Okay. And how, how many years did you spend in Kyoto? Four years. Four years. And then was it after Kyoto that you moved to Canada? Uh, no, I back to Kochi. Mm. And I worked there several years. And then I moved to Canada. Okay. Yeah, but the first I didn't expect I leave Canada so long. Right. Just right. To, yeah, just for English study. Uh, so I yeah, just eight months. Mm-hmm. I stayed in Canada eight months for English study, and then after that, actually, I went back to Japan, and then worked there a few months, and then back to Canada again. Okay. So bouncing back and forth a little bit um, when you yes. first came to yes. Canada. Yes, actually. Okay. Um, so growing up, growing up in Kochi, you meant you came to Canada to study English, but as a as a child or high school um, student, what was your exposure to English when you were going through the school system in Kochi? If you could explain a little bit about your early years of learning English. Early years. Um, until I graduate elementary school, I didn't have any chance to learn English. Just, uh, yeah, because uh, just I know just hello, thank you, or some uh, word just normal Japanese people use in Japan. But uh, other than that, I didn't have a chance to study and to meet foreign friend to meet foreigners not really so first time i study english is at school is a junior high school okay it started uh, like i am you are she is so start very basic so junior high school that would be in japan what that that's grade one is equivalent to grade seven, right, in Canada? Seven, grade seven, yes. right, so yeah. Okay, so you're grade seven in, in Kochi. And when, during that time, did you have, was there a teacher from uh, overseas that came into your class ever, or were you mostly? Yeah, actually, hmm. in, I remember it's so grade eight. There's assistant teacher from a foreign country. No. He teaches some English conversation, but uh, I don't really remember <laughs> because uh, in daily life we don't have a, we don't use English, just Japanese mm. at home with my family, with my friend in society, all Japanese. So there's almost almost no chance to have a. Um, occasion to speak in in English. Sure, so. sure. So when you were when you were in junior high school and high school, then in Kochi, without many chances to use English, did mm-hmm. were you excited to learn English, or was it more of a just a subject you had to do, or what? Did you enjoy it, <clears throat> regardless? Um, mm. Yeah, I remember first year grade uh, grade seven. The first year of English, it was fun. Mm. 
wasn't difficult. And uh, I... <laughs> It's strange, but I thought at that time, oh, I can speak English. <laughs> <laughs> like, I learned English, I can speak English, but uh, the later, the grade 8, grade 9, the content's getting difficult and difficult. Mm. And just to memorize grammar, memorize spelling, it was so boring. And <laughs> I, I getting uh, my interest to English, it's getting re reduced and uh, decreased and decreased. Mm. Sure, sure. So just more studying for, for tests and learning yeah. grammar. And, okay. Yeah. It's interesting. So, so why, okay, so at what point, so obviously you, you went, did you study English at, in Kyoto at all as well or at university level or? Kyoto, yeah, a little bit, uh, but uh, not, for, not good enough for making conversation. Okay, so what <clears throat> at that point? What what inspired you, or what made you interested in going to Canada? And where exactly did you go in two thousand three? Um, uh, the first time, um, first time you went to Canada. Mm. I think uh, um, after I after I quit my first job, I had uh, some free time. So at that time, I I start study English by myself, and just I study. I bought some textbook, very easy, and uh, I took uh, exam in Japan, English exam, named Aiken. Oh yes, the Aiken. Okay. Yes. <laughs> nice. Just because I had. Uh, in, I had plenty of time, so I wanted to try something. So at that time, I remember I I tried to take uh, Aiken Juniku, mm -mm. and then I pass. And then after I pass, I feel happy. I felt happy, so I keep going. And then I took. Uh, Ekeniku also. Mm. Mm. I pass and then I at that time I saw advertisement to uh, job uh, job advertisement um, requiring requiring uh, license. So I applied this job and uh, I got job offer and I start working there. Okay, was it so after you took so Aiken uh, Niku? That's level two, right? Level two of the Aiken, which yeah. is pretty. That's pretty high, high level, right? So there's level two, and then there's pre one, and then there's one. So you're pretty much. That's a pretty challenging level to pass. But so you not really not really that hard. Oh, okay, <laughs> I know it gets a little more challenging after that. But so this job that required Aiken level two was that in Japan or was that in Canada? Uh, in Japan. In Japan. Okay. And what would you mind sharing? What kind of job was that that required um, those uh, English skills? Mm. Yeah. Um, this job is uh, to uh, up, to help apply um, visa staying in Japan. Okay, for non-Japanese speakers or so, people. Okay. Uh, yeah, so for foreigners, mm. when foreigners want to stay in Japan, 
need to apply visa, right? Sure. And this company um, was helping people who want to apply visa. Oh, okay. In, in Japan. Was this in Kyoto or was this where? What city was this? In? It's in, it's a Kochi. On oh, Kochi, okay. So you're back in Kochi at this point. So you were. Yeah. So this and this is before Canada, right? This is before Canada, before Canada, yeah. So you had a chance to pass level two of Aiken while living in <laughs> Japan and use English at this yeah. um, support service for for people getting visas. So then yeah. how long did you stay there and when did you or when and why did you decide to move to Canada? I stayed this company on two years hmm. and uh, the company the job, uh, after I entered this company, uh, I realized my English level is not good at all <laughs> <laughs> to, to contact, to communicate with foreign, foreign people and foreign agency. So sometimes I have to communicate with telephone, with a foreign agency, and it was really difficult. And uh, the other co-workers, they all had uh, experience uh, learning English in foreign country, so they speak very fluently. So I, it's kind of, this is a second, uh, this experience motivated me to study English more. So after two years, I decided uh, to study English in Canada, and then I moved to Grand Prairie. Okay, so that you so you saw your your coworkers were were speaking pretty fluently in English, and that kind of excited you and got you motivated to to study yeah. more. But did you think like, oh, I should probably go to a different place, such as Canada, to learn English? Was it you had that? Was that your decision making? Like, oh, I should be in a in a a different place to, to learn it or were you just looking for like a new adventure or yeah I was uh, looking for um small city in some big city because uh, I grew up in Kochi Kochi is not the biggest city and the only only experience living in uh, big or medium city is in Kyoto and also I got a lot of influence from movie Maybe wrong influence. So in the movie, there's always a gunshot or crime scene. <laughs> so I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought maybe um, foreign country is very dangerous. Sure, sure. So, so this is the most reason I choose small small city instead of big city. Okay, so, yeah, so Grand Prairie is a pretty small town, right? It's like 50 or 60,000 people. I mean, it's not tiny, but what was what was your experience like in Grand Prairie? Um, it was a really good experience. The very small town and the people... Um, I stayed there as a international student. And also there are many other international students learning learning english in second in esl okay so, yeah. so, mm. so if i take a bus if i take bus 
I see the other uh, classmate or the um, friend from same school. So I feel very comfortable and uh, every place are so like houses are beautiful, um, beautiful garden, beautiful uh, trees, a lot of nature and uh, it's not summer time so daytime is very long. Mm-hmm. So I just see all the good side of Canada. <laughs> right. <laughs> the time. right. Now, th- did you stay there through the winter then, the first year there? Mm-hmm. Or did you... I left on the beginning of December. Okay. So... Just starting to get very cold, I imagine, in Grand Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so you're in Grand Prairie. That sounds like a, a wonderful experience. But what? how did you end up going to Edmonton then? What was the connection there? Oh, yeah. Actually, before Edmonton, I stay in Montreal on a working holiday visa. Okay. So, at that time, I I start thinking to apply permanent resident to stay Canada longer. So, the reason I choose Edmonton is because my school was there. What school? What school was that in Edmonton? It's it's Nate? No, I forgot. Oh, yeah. I think the Northern Alberta Institute ah, yeah, of Technology. Yeah, Northern Alberta, yeah. yes. Institute of Technology. Okay. Yes, Nate. Okay, so you ended up going to that school. And were you, when you went there, were you, it was not for English though, right? It was for, is this when you started to get into dentistry or, or making dentures that now? Or is that your training then? Or was was that done at Nate? Uh, to, before I entered there, uh, there was a requirement um, IELTS test score or um, Nate's uh, like entrance exam or something. So I have to pass either exam at Nate's or IELTS score. So to, to take an uh, exam at Nate's, I went to ESL at Nate's for two or three months. Oh, okay. So Nate Nate had an ESL program before yes. going into the, the yeah. actual con- content course. Okay. And what could you? How was that experience? How did, did you enjoy the? Were there yeah. any challenges or anything with that with, with the Nate uh, ESL program? Um, I already took ESL class, so I. It's something familiar to me, so it was okay. Mm. Very nice. And so then, after you went to, what what did you? What kind of classes were you taking at Nate once you finished uh, ESL? Dental, dental technology. Okay, dental technology, right? And that uh, obviously was that in English, all the coursework in English. Yeah, it's in, all in English. And what? And how? How was? How was that experience? Uh, it was uh, really hard. I I never studied that hard in my life. Difficult being like it was a challenging in from the language perspective or the actual. I imagine the content is also challenging to learn, but doing it through a a, a second language too was that part of the reason. That it was more difficult. Yeah, the the both I had 
every week we had a small quiz. So I had to memorize many words, many, many words even I don't know in English. Um, in, in Japanese, sure, sure. I think. Mean. Mm-hmm. So a lot of new, like, high technical, technical vocabulary. A lot of technical words. Yeah, yeah. But you, so that was that a two-year program at Nate? Yeah, two-year program. Okay, so you obviously did very well, and then you, after two years, you stayed in Edmonton this time to to work. Did you find a, find work right away after graduation? Yes. Mm. And what what kind of work did you start doing? Oh, yeah, dental laboratory. Oh, dental laboratory. Okay, in Edmonton. Okay, Mm -hmm. very nice. And that's that's around the time I believe that we that we met and and became friends. And yes, yes. Okay, very cool. All right. Now your story is making a little bit more sense sense to me. Time Mm -hmm. with the timeline. But then at one point, oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, just a moment. I can, can I give some food to my cat? Absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, take it. Yeah, yeah, no worries at all. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's all this. So, um, I think, oh, yeah, Vancouver. So after Edmonton, you, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, you moved to Vancouver for a little while. And I'm, I'm yeah. curious about your time in Vancouver and because obviously so Edmonton does not have a very large Japanese population right mm-hmm. but yeah. Vancouver has a much larger community right so could yeah. you explain or did you enjoy living in Vancouver more or were you able to feel more maybe at home in Vancouver versus mm-hmm. Edmonton or what were what was the reason for moving to Vancouver um, Vancouver, I because oh, my because in Vancouver there are many there are many Japanese mm-hmm. and also many Japanese dental technicians. So I wanted uh, I wanted to um, skill up with, in Japanese dental laboratory. So this is uh, this is why I moved to Vancouver. Um, yeah. Okay. So in so at the in Vancouver at the Japanese um, dental laboratory was were you working with other people from Japan? And yeah, uh, yeah, there was a several Jap- um, dental laboratory owned by Japanese owner. Okay. Yeah, so I I thought if I work in Japanese. For Japanese owner, I can communicate in Japanese, and then I can well understand about my my work, and sure. I can learn their skill. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, that that makes that makes sense. And so, but so it was. It didn't really matter that it was Vancouver. It was just that you wanted to be in that environment where you could improve yeah. your dent dentistry skills um in yeah. japanese right that that makes a lot of sense and that's interesting but then so you're in vancouver but and i know you said you lived in montreal before but why why montreal again what's what is your why do you like <laughs> why why montreal what's the story with montreal <laughs> because uh, i 
assignment, but things happen in Vancouver. So I didn't want to stay in Vancouver anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was wondering, should I, um, where should I back to Japan? Was, but at that time, I already get the permanent resident. So if I left Canada more than six months, I will lose my permanent resident. So, uh, so I rethink about it. So I decide, okay, maybe I can try uh, in Montreal. So then, because, oh, go ahead. Because uh, I stay in Montreal uh, when I when I did working holiday, working uh, when I work uh, on a working holiday visa, and I know some friends there. And also, I like the city of Montreal. I like atmosphere. I like because Montreal is kind of unique city in Canada. Mm-hmm. Could you explain why 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 is it it's Canada, but why it's not like Canada? Why why is that? Um, because of a lot of French influence. Mm-hmm. And also, when I stay in Montreal, uh, at that time, I studied French a little bit. Mm. Also, my, <laughs> at my university, I studied French as well a little bit. In, in Kyoto, you studied some French? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you had some background in French too. And that's, yeah. that's where I'm, I'm really curious about your story because I've been to Montreal twice, one time to visit you a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And the two times I've been there, I've felt very it is very different than the rest of Canada because of, yeah, like you said, the French and yeah. the French language everywhere. And I'm yeah. just curious living there now, is it a place that you feel comfortable? I mean, how is your French? How is your French now? Are you still studying and do you, how much do you use French living um, in, in Montreal? Um, this is uh, the percentage uh, uh, I I use in, I use French in my life is an increase because uh, um, because of mostly my work my coworker normally they don't speak English they speak just French so to to make to communicate well with them it's uh, it's better speak French. Mm. So in the office, everyone's using French mostly, you would say. Okay. Like all your meetings and chatting time is in French. Okay. And then they don't, maybe they understand English, but they don't speak English well. So... That's awesome. So how do you, how does that, I mean... What do I want to ask here? I'm trying to think of, I had a question about your French. So when you're, on the, on, so you're using French in the office mostly, but when you, mm-hmm. when you go out or you're at the supermarket or Tim Hortons or these daily places in Montreal, yeah. are, it's mostly in like people are using French, correct? Yes. So, so how is that? obviously is maybe helps motivate you to to continue to learn it because you're seeing it every day is that is that a, yeah. a factor yeah yes uh, also it can be my practice 
So <laughs> if I speak French, um, they look happy. Okay. Yeah. So do you find so when I was when I was there, I I, I don't speak French, so I had to re, I had to rely on my English and hope <laughs> that I could communicate. But I found that most mostly I was okay using English, but I felt like, <laughs> well, maybe I should be using French. This like feeling of so living there now is it? Do you hear mostly mostly people are using in French in in the city? Would you say in? Right. No, but there's a certain district is the English area. Okay. Uh, Anglophone people living mm. there, and uh, mostly in downtown or Montreal, there's no. Um, they speak both English and French, so and they also get used to people who speak only English, so. I, I don't think that's a problem. Okay. But, but would you say you feel more comfortable using French there than you would relying on English? Like, uh, I think uh, to communicate, like, uh, um, just to, um, to communicate, in my experience, French works better. French works better? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Cause In, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. What, what, what gives you that feeling that it, it, it works better than perhaps um, using English? Um, because, uh, maybe they are native French speakers. They are not native English speakers. So I'm not native English speaker. So I'm um, between non-native communication sometimes misunderstanding or wrong pronunciation mm -hmm. so maybe um, if i speak english to french native people maybe they don't get used to it or they like uh, in my area suburb area or they don't <laughs> they don't understand my english pronunciation mm -hmm. so if i speak in in French, um, even my pronunciation is not so good, but they are native French speakers, so they could understand my what I want to say in French. So mm. probably, make... probably some um, there's two convers two people, and one is native, and one is non-native. And I think in this case, um, native person. Uh, could understand uh, um, non-native persons speaking, but uh, both sides is non-native. It's a little bit uh, difficult, maybe sometimes. Sure, sure, that makes sense, and that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, really, that's awesome for you to have been able to now learn French um, and English living in Canada, because you get to use, you know, both languages are pretty. Maybe my English is decreased. Is it, <laughs> would you? That's an interesting. So that's my next question: Is your French now becoming stronger than English, or is it about balanced, or what would you say? Well, still, English is stronger mm -hmm. because uh, when it's come uh, complicated or difficult, I switch to English. Okay. Like when you're communicating with someone in, mm -hmm. in Quebec, you'll. You'll, mm -hmm. You can switch over to English if it gets challenging. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, in the shopping, uh, grocery store, like uh, for simple conversation, something uh, simple, I can ask in French, and I understand. But uh, when it comes like irregular situation, like I need to more, I want to listen more detail or explain explanation. So at that time I switched to English. Or I ask if you can speak English. Sure, sure. Okay, very interesting. And then, so your what what has been your process for for learning French in in Montreal? I know you said you studied it a little bit in university. <laughs> Have you taken courses in Montreal, or do you do language exchanges, or has it been more self study? Or what have you been doing to study yeah. French? In Montreal, there's a um, school for immigrant to study French. So first one year, one and a half year, I I took course over there, and uh, I study from uh, the basic, like grammar conjugation like a lot of basic stuff i learned there it was uh, it was helped to build up my french basic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it was like a a course designed for for immigrants to to quebec yes learning french as a second language yeah. okay so a lot of your classmates where were 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 they from other parts of Canada or other parts of the world? Where? Yeah, they're from. Uh, some of them are from uh, Latin America. Mm. Uh, I can say yeah, maybe half of my classmates from Latin America. Okay, and they needed. Port oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Portugal. They their mother language is uh, Portugal Spanish, mm. and. So they're really quick runner for French. <laughs> sure, sure. So th did yeah. did they need? Were they there learning French so they could find work in Quebec? Was that one, of the, or was it more of like a not a hobby class or like just for fun? But it was for a purpose of they needed French to to get a um, job or, or to get job. To yes. get jobs. And okay. The, Mm. This course is very intensive from 8 to 1, the morning class. And then uh, if you continue afternoon class from uh, yeah, um, from 2 to 5 or something, mm. and each time teacher check uh, attendance. And then if you miss class maybe three or four times, um, you'll be... You'll you you need to talk with teacher uh, why why recently you are so many absent and uh, if you absent like this um, the government cannot offer class to you mm. it's very strict okay very strict schedule um, yes. on that so in just one more question about the the classroom was French being taught in French, or was there support in another language that you could ask questions to teachers and get an explanation, maybe in Japanese or in English or in Portuguese, or was it all all French all the time? Um, 
I remember at the beginning I don't I can't I couldn't speak French so I asked my question in English. Yes. And they could they would able to be able to offer you support at the early levels and yes support your questions um, okay. And also teacher they are from Quebec and also from France. Hmm. So depends on teacher accent is completely different. Sure, sure. What what is that like then? I mean for cuz I know French in Quebec and French in France is different, right? I'm not sure how it's different, but I know that there you know you, you mentioned accent, but is there different different words or different is there vocabulary um, some, that's used? Mm. Yeah, sometimes vocabulary verb are different. Um, but the most different is accent. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So do you, would you say when you speak French, are you, do you feel you speak more in a Quebec French accent or in a France French <laughs> accent? <laughs> you... I, I, I don't know. Um, probably I, I'm running from my daily life, so probably my French is Quebec accent. Sure, sure. Interesting. Okay, very cool, very cool. That's amazing. I'm fascinated by that that French learning and your French skills. That's that's awesome. But so between so now you have you have Japanese, English and French. So between English and French Yes. Which one would you say you identify more with or you're more like feel like yourself when you're using the second language? Or which one's more um, comfortable? Um, I don't know. For pronunciation, um, I think French is... Uh, oh, how can I say? Um, French is easier to come out for me mm -hmm. because uh, I, th I think a lot of uh, more boyal, bon, more boyal. So, and uh, each word is for me, it sounds more flat. Okay. In English, a lot of um, a lot of tone. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. for French, um, I think it, there's less tone. So Japanese also less tone. Mm -hmm. So it's um, it's not uh, similar, but somehow it's uh, easier to pronounce. Okay. Easier mm -hmm. come out from mouth. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So you, that. That allows it to be a little bit more comfortable, pronunciation-wise, to use to use French over over English. Mm, yeah. yeah, I probably, yeah I can say so. Hmm. Interesting. Very cool. So, so what? Just a couple more questions. Um, what would you say has been the best thing that has from your language learning? What are some of the best things that have happened um, as a result of learning English or learning French? Uh, at, um, 
absolutely. Um, I can communicate many different people who doesn't speak Japanese. So I can learn their culture. I can make a, um, friend, different language friends. And I can I can discuss some topic with them, like. Uh, about their country, their food, their politics, and uh, which is very interesting. Mm, yeah, very nice. Yeah, I agree. It absolutely opens up, opens up your access to many different people. Um, and yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I just like your like how you've been able to do that, especially in Canada, because Canada is technically a bilingual country, right? You have French and English, but obviously English, much more prominent. If you get out of Quebec, not so much, right? But you go to Quebec and you are, I mean, it's French is everywhere. So it's I, yeah. opposite, right? Is that what you said? Opposite? Mm -hmm, yeah, yes. yeah. So I feel like, oh man, if I ever lived in Quebec, Yes, I would have to study French and just in order to feel a little bit more comfortable. Because again, the two times I've been there, it's been like, oh shoot, I'm feel kind of silent. It's like I don't know how to how to go about my business. So it's an interesting interesting dilemma. Um, but with that, do you are you planning to stay in Montreal or do you ever plan to? move back to Japan or have you pretty much decided like this is my home now? I pretty much I live in Canada. If I if I could, my dream is early retirement. Mm. And then use my own time for my for myself to travel or to study something or yeah, to read different books. Yeah. Sure, sure. What's what's the what's the number one place you want to go to now? A country that you haven't been to, or a place you're more <laughs> most interested in going to? Um, I'm interesting. I also interesting learning Chinese. Okay. Yeah. So, actually, I took some uh, two or three courses at YMCA. And it was very interesting. In Mont like I, Montreal YMCA? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like uh, I can feel um, like uh, from language, like some word is similar. And uh, I can I can feel, oh, maybe this this word that's coming from China, originally this, the that meaning, uh, Okay, in Japan it's a little bit different, but uh, oh, like uh, I can see the like uh, trace of history, so it was very interesting. Sure, sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe Asian country or any anywhere else. Yeah, maybe Africa. I've never been to Africa. Okay. Any particular place in Africa? No, but uh, I had my friend story um, take uh, take hot hot balloon and then look down uh, look down safari. Oh, it nice! Was so beautiful, 
So I, yeah, if I have a chance, I want to try. Nice. That sounds that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. So you mentioned to um, Chinese. Are you still studying Chinese? And uh, not not right now okay. because uh, next month I have to take French exam. Okay. Wow. Like an <laughs> official French, like a Aiken kind French exam. No, it's related to my job. Okay. Right now in Quebec, uh, majority political majority is a. Uh, um, some uh, Quebecois party, mm-hmm. uh, Quebec Avenir, uh, 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 its name is CAQ, and this is the majority group right now. Okay. And then, because uh, this is a Quebecois group, they want to <laughs> increase, they want to enforce French for yeah. everybody. <laughs> really? Yeah, so now my, yeah, I have to pass the exam. <laughs> so, wow, that's that's really interesting. So what what kind of exam is it and what happens if you don't pass? Uh, I, I don't want to imagine that the, if, I, if I don't pass in three years, probably I... I cannot work in my in my dental field. In in Montreal, right? So you'd still be able to work in Ontario or Saskatchewan yeah. or something, but yeah, in Quebec. Really? Wow, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I feel like if I had to do that in Japan, I would be very nervous about having to pass that test. When is the test? Um, next. Um... 21st September. Okay. And is it, do do you, do they give you a practice exam? Do you know what's going to be on it or is it? Um, Yeah, I have rough sketch. Like uh, they have uh, listening, speaking, uh, writing, and uh, reading this uh, comprehension exam. Wow. Wow. So speaking, a speaking portion too. Yeah, oh. and the most difficult one is writing. Does your writing portion? Wow, that sounds sounds intense. Sounds, mm-hmm. Is it is it just one level? Is it or is it? It's like here. Yeah, just just one, one, level, one level, and you have to pass. Pass or don't pass. Pass or fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is this is a new is a new test from this year or? No, it's not new. Okay. But, uh, before. Um, People has choice. If you want to keep license, uh, you have to pass this exam. But if you don't want, if you don't need to keep license, oh, you can ignore. I see. But now they change system. Everybody, everyone who graduate school or not, everyone who have license or not, have to pass this exam. I see, and the, and it's only for non-native French speakers, right? Yes. Okay. So even, even, okay. And this may be an obvious question, but if I were to, to live in Montreal and to, if I was in your, I would have to take that test as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so even occupation. Okay. If you, your last run, if you're working accountant, um, 
if you work work in the office, probably it doesn't matter. Okay. But the, um, if you work in medical field, yeah, you have to take this exam. Exam, even okay, even if I even as a Canadian citizen, or I would have to still take it. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't speak. The point is, you if you uh, have a, if you graduate secondary school in French. I see. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Well, wow. Good luck on the test. <laughs> I'm sure you will do fine, but that seems like a lot of pressure, especially when it's involved around keeping your license. And wow, interesting. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the Shifting Voices podcast today and all the best with the test. And thank you so much for sharing your story today, Sai. It was amazing to hear. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having your time. Shifting Voices. Shifting Voices is currently seeking people to share their language learning stories. If you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on the podcast for a chat about language learning, please visit shiftingvoices.com forward slash contact to reach out. Thank you as always for listening.